0: So we are making a big jump now. We went through those whole stages of how a star forms, formed the star. Now we're going to go through the end stage of a star's life. So we went through those first you know, 50 million years of a star's life. Now we're going to go through the last billion or so years of a star's life. I kind of skip everything in between because nothing interesting happens in terms of stellar evolution. It may take 10 billion years for the sun to get there, but nothing interesting, I mean, solar flares, blah, blah, blah. Yes, there's things happening, but pretty much in terms of the structure of the star, it hasn't changed. Eventually, the Sun will end up looking something like that. It's a planetary nebula. That's the white dwarf at the center. That's a very uh, hot remnant, the core of the star, essentially, that's been exposed now to space. Our Sun will look something like that? Our Sun will look something like that. To a distant observer, some five billion years from now, it'll actually look something like that. So Maybe uh, not exactly, but... So in other words, Earth will die yeah? Yes, at some point the sun will actually get large enough to engulf the earth. So at some point we will, be part of the, we will become part of the uh, sun and then eventually those outer layers that we've become part of will be expelled out into space. Now I can't tell you that we're going to look exactly like that. Their planetary nebulae actually have a wide variety of ways that they look. So, But something quite similar to this, the core will be there. The core of the sun will still remain at the center where the sun is right now. That will be about the size of the earth size-wise, mass will still be almost all the mass there, but the outer layers will get expelled out into space, and you'll see those, a distant astronomer will be able to see them slowly expanding out into space. So, as I said, we've, we got, just got to the main sequence, 10 billion years have passed, and we're leaving the main sequence. So, there's not a lot to do while you're on the main sequence. The sun is nice and unstable, and everything's in equilibrium. So what happens when it l- leaves the main sequence? We're going to look at a star like the sun. And then we're going to look at, here things change a little bit more. When they formed, they were all pretty much the same. But here, we're going to look at a low mass star, something much more less, less massive than the sun. Things go a little bit differently. And when stars get much more massive than the sun, things really start to change. That's where you get some really interesting things that start to happen when the star is much, much more massive than the sun. When you get stars that are 20 and 30 times the mass of the sun, that's when they can eventually become completely unstable and explode and where you can get a supernova explosion. How can we observe stellar evolution? We can't, except in simulations. As we looked at before, you know, saw the nice simulation. If only we could watch, you know, live long enough to be able to see that kind of thing or if it happened fast enough. But you need hundreds of thousands of years. Uh, The end cycles are similar. For the more massive stars, even they still can take you know hundreds of thousands of years to go through their end of their life. A star like the Sun can take a billion years. So even after it's finished up its life on the main sequence, it can still go on and still take a, a billion years or so to go through its uh, red, red giant phase. And then coming in, we'll finish up with what kind of the cycle that everything's all linked together. That you form stars from the interstellar medium. Eventually, those stars put material back into the interstellar medium. Not as much as they took out, because some gets left behind. But they do push some material back out, which actually helps, with, helps us, because they put out material that they've created in their cores. So they took in hydrogen and helium. But sometimes, in a supernova explosion, they're putting out oxygen, iron, nitrogen, You know things we need things we need here on Earth. So carbon and that would actually be formed within the stars and then puts that back out into form, that next generation of stars. So we looked at something similar to this before. Mm-hmm. While the Sun was on the main sequence, it doesn't change a whole lot. It really stays in, it's, it's in a state of equilibrium, meaning that it might expand a little bit. If it has a little bit of an extra energy production at one point, it would expand in a tiny bit. But as soon as it starts to do that, it cools off the center. If you cool off the center, you decrease the temperature, and it contracts again. So, it would be in a very good state of equilibrium. If it starts to produce too much energy, it quickly cools off and stays there. So it doesn't have time to expand, expand before the, it's, the equilibrium has already kicked in and balanced everything. So it stays in a complete state of balance. So that's really, there's 10 billion years worth of life of the sun. It's in not perfect balance. Exactly enough energy is being produced at the core to balance gravity, pulling it down. Now that won't last forever. Eventually, you have to run out of fuel. It's got some size fuel tank. A lot bigger, right, it lasts 10 billion years. Not like a car, does, a little bit like a car doesn't last 10 billion years, right? Now if a fuel tank of gas lasts you 10 billion years, wouldn't that be nice, right? How long do you think it's been burning? Sun, about four and a half to five billion years is, there, is the estimates. Okay, so it's about, half the it's about halfway through. It's, got a half, it's down to about half a tank now. Okay. But, it, but it's got no way to refill. A car you can go refill. You can't refill the sun. So you can't go put more hydrogen in its core to refill it. So yeah, it's, about half, it's down to about half a tank. But five billion more years in order for it to use up all the rest of that. So we still, we still got a lot of time. But eventually, eventually that hydrogen is going to be used up. So there's some amount of hydrogen there, it's going to be used. As that hydrogen is wiped out of the core and there's no hydrogen there, it can't produce quite as much energy. So it begins to become out of equilibrium. It's trying to collapse. Gravity's been pulling it down this whole, all ten billion years. So gravity's sitting there patiently pulling it down, pulling it down. Can't win. Gravity can't win because there's too much pressure coming out and pushing it up. But gravity is trying. Gravity is trying to pull that down. Gravity is very patient. right? It's got no place to go. It's just going to sit there and it's going to constantly try to pull this star down and pull this star down. You know, it knows it's going to win in the long run. right? There's only so much fuel. Eventually it's got to run out of fuel. So eventually gravity will take over and start to collapse the core of the star. That depen- what happens afterwards really depends on the mass of the star. Again, the formation really didn't. The end state really does depend a lot more on the mass of the star. A star like the Sun, or a low, which is a low mass star, only about one solar mass, really ends its life quietly. Nothing major goes on. I mean it'll eventually it'll expand, it'll become a red giant star, but it's not going to explode. Right? Large mass stars are the ones that are actually going to tear themselves apart in a supernova explosion. And that is stars that are significantly more massive than the Sun. So most of the low mass stars, they'll form, they'll become red giants, and we'll go through this in a little more detail, they'll become a red giant, and they'll expel their outer layers out into space, but it's it's a very quiet, calm process. A high, high mass star will actually tear itself apart at the end of its life. So, what's happening right now? Well, when the sun was formed, we were up in the upper upper graph here. It had lots of hydrogen all the way through, a little bit of helium just as percentage. So as you worked your way out from the center, here's at the center. You had 90% hydrogen, 10% helium. At the surface, you had 90% hydrogen, 10% helium. Okay, It was pretty much uniform throughout. As it was forming, everything got mixed together nice and evenly. After about five billion years, you've gotten rid of a lot of the hydrogen. A lot of that hydrogen, about half the hydrogen has been converted into helium. So if you could look at the center of the, he- of the sun right now, you'd see about half of it is helium, and about half of it is hydrogen. So it's changing. It's not changing on the outside. Okay? You don't see any change out here. This is what we can see. This is the surface of the sun. And as you go down this way, you're going down towards the center. So we can't look down here. When we look at the sun, we see just the surface of it. No change. It's exactly the same as it was when it was born. The composition at the, sen- at the, at the surface has not changed. 90% hydrogen, 10% helium. That will never change. Okay. After 10 billion years. Now here's the core. Right about there. Pretty much it's all helium. And still a little bit of hydrogen. But the core itself, the very central portions, have then been completely wiped out of hydrogen altogether. And that's when it starts to, begin to cha- things start to begin to change. Again, the outer layers didn't. This doesn't get mixed up. So remember that the energy transport in the sun is by convection, but convection only way out here. That's where material is actually moving and circulating. If the sun was completely convective, meaning if convection went down to the core, then the sun would actually live a lot longer. Then you'd have a fuel source. You'd have a way to refuel the sun. Because you'd be pulling this hydrogen, if you can get this hydrogen down into the core, then it's got a new energy source. It's got more hydrogen. But remember, it was transported by radiation, so the radiation just reworked its way out here. It wasn't until you got way out here that it began to have convective cells. So you're not going to actually get that. You're not going to have the sun get to the point where any of that material that we see here is ever going to make it to the surface of the sun. But the composition is changing significantly at the center. So here's what starts to happen. As the fuel is used up, gravity kicks in. There's no energy source now at the center. So no energy source, gravity says, I win, I win, I win finally, right? You finally ran out of energy. It starts collapsing the core. So the core starts to collapse down here. That's all pure helium. Pretty much all helium. Hydrogen's all been burned out of it. And that begins to collapse down. There's nothing to hold it upright. It's not no energy. So it's going to keep collapsing down. There is a region around it, a shell, where hydrogen is still burning. So here there's still some hydrogen left. Remember that there was some hydrogen still left around. Very, very deep down in the core. And there's some areas where we're still producing some energy. So the Sun's not out of energy completely yet. It's got a little bit of energy. It's able to produce some energy by burning hydrogen into helium, and that builds on this core. It keeps it sort of rains in helium ash. Alright? Helium ash, you're burning like you burn it, you burn a stick and it turns to charcoal ash. Well, you're burning hydrogen, it becomes helium, is the ash. Helium is what forms. How do they know it's in the middle of the sun? Hmm? How do they know? It's tough, right? <laughs> it's a good thing. Who's been there? No nobody. nobody. Who'd, who'd want to be there, right? This is, all, this is all theory, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. based on... Yeah. Based on models and our understanding of the physics okay. of the sun. Yeah. Right. But I mean, could we go get it, can I cut the sun open like that and look at it? No. no. I can't. But we can make models that make predictions and we can use that to figure out, you know, what would happen. We can, do, we can do, we know the equations. I showed you those four equations way, way back. I mean, those equations explain how the sun will work. So you can use those to then determine based on the conditions that you see what right. the sun would be like. But it's not anything you can actually go, you can right. test it theoretically and test it based on the observations, but you can't go look at it. <laughs> you can't go look at it directly. And that's a lot of things. You can't, yeah, can't you go can't look at the center. Can't look at it directly, right? No. Nope. So hydrogen begins to... So hydrogen is still fusing in that shell. You got a core of helium at the very, very center that's just collapsing, just totally pushing itself together. There's no energy source there. Not yet and it continues to collapse. And then you've got the great part of the Sun is unchanged. So most of the Sun does not really change during this. This will be unchanged except that as this begins to collapse, the outer layers, the energy that's being produced here, causes the outer layers to expand and the Sun starts to grow in size. So as it runs out of fuel, it actually will grow in size. Gravity's collapsing it in that inner innermost portion, but as that collapses the outermost layers get pushed out. So these begin to expand and the sun will start to grow in size. Have you ever, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Mean, I'm sorry, have no, you, no. you dispeared or, or maybe thought that some, you know, another person's theory might be, I mean because no. obviously you've been studying this a long time. There's a lot, a lot of, the, it's gone through, I mean this, this, the theory that we're with now was probably, the basic theory is probably about 80 or 90 years old. Yeah. But did you see my point? I was yeah. just curious if you yeah. um, thought about some things that you just don't agree with maybe because of what you studied. I'm mm, not particularly yet. Not particularly not yet. yet. But I've said, I mean, right now it fits everything that everything that we know. Every All the measurements that we can make, this fits. Does that mean there won't be something better that comes up? It's, it's always possible. There's always, you know, you can come up with something else and it has to be able to make a prediction that says, you know, something else might work. I mean, there are certainly other ways things can happen, but... Right now, this is the best, the best scientific model that we have, this is the best we got. Alright, so here's our next table. Said we're going to start with stage 7 there, stage 7, and then go through stage 14 in this case. Um, Stage 7, again, is the longest one by far, and again, still the most boring one. Not much happens there. That's the sun where it is right now. It's at one solar radius. Its radius, its density hundreds of thousands, uh, tens of thousands of kilograms per cubic meter. um, Surface temperature and central temperature. Now, once it starts to, once it starts to use up that energy, so after five billion more years, that's when the rest of this starts to kick in. And if you look at the times again, you're looking at very, very short times. There's, next stage eight is a hundred million years. Once you get beyond that, you're talking 100,000, 100,000, 10,000, 50 million. So once you get through this, the rest Sun goes through rest of its life. Except for this sub phase, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Really, the only other long phase is the, re- the horizontal branch phase. That lasts about 50 million years. 50 million years, 5 billion years. It's a very tiny portion of the Sun's life. So time frames are, again, very, very short. It only takes it a little bit of time until you get down to the end. You See the little dashes there? That's because, well, planetary nebula is an extremely short phase. But a white dwarf phase, once you form the white dwarf, it's there. It's not going any place. And technically that will end up being, eventually, come back 20 billion years from now, the sun will still be a white dwarf. And it will have been a white dwarf for 15 billion years. That will end up being the longest phase of the sun's life or death as you go through it. but And then black dwarf is as that white dwarf cools off. So eventually, that gets to essentially zero. You've cooled off. You've lost all the energy. These do not exist yet. They eventually would. But there has not been enough time in the universe for even the earliest white dwarfs to have cooled off to the stage of being a black dwarf. But eventually, you know, most of the objects in the universe will end up being black dwarfs. Just a white dwarf that's completely cooled off. Yes? Not yet. Next chapter. Chapter 13. Okay. We're getting there though. Okay. Actually, no, we're getting there. We will get, be this week. Okay, cool. So. I'm Good. Alright, so these are the different phases that we're going to go through. Where we are right now, there's where the sun is, stage 7. Where we're talking about is stage 8. That's the next longest phase as it's beginning to use up that hydrogen in its core. At that point, it will get several times bigger than it is right now. It'll expand in size three times. It'll get cooler. 6,000 degrees now. The surface temperature will get cooler down to 4,000 degrees via reddish orange color instead. Density is increasing greatly at the core, 100 times denser than it is right now. And its size has expanded. It's actually gotten a little bit larger. And the temperature has increased, gotten a lot hotter. As it works its way through, and again, I'm going to go through all these in more detail over the coming slides, but you see that the size will actually change, it'll get bigger, it'll actually get smaller again, then it'll get bigger again. Uh, Densities will get larger and then smaller and then larger. Surface temperatures will hover right around the same from 6,000, they'll get a little bit cooler, a little bit hotter, a little bit cooler again. And the central temperatures though continue to rise. So even while these things are, the exterior is jumping up and down, central temperature goes from 15 million to 50 million to 100 million to 200 million, 250 to 300 million degrees. So incredibly, I mean beyond anything you can, it's hard enough to try to imagine 15 million degrees, right? Maybe, so can you imagine 6,000? You probably can't even imagine 6,000 degrees, I don't know if I can. You know, I can imagine the surface of Venus, right? That's 900 degrees Fahrenheit, okay? That's, twice as hot as you know, a real hot oven, almost. That I can sort of imagine, maybe. But trying to imagine these very hot temperatures, especially when you're getting up to mi- hundreds of millions of degrees, are really pretty incredible. All right, so we'll get started on these. Stage nine, we're getting towards the red giant branch. The core is shrinking, so that core is collapsing down, continuing to condense. The outer layers are expanding and cooling off. That'll be a red giant. It'll be about as large as the orbit of Mercury, so the first planet is gone. Mercury will then be engulfed by the Sun. It'll be within the Sun. Eventually its orbit, as it's orbiting through, would slowly decay as it orbits through there. And it would just become a part of the Sun. It would be vaporized and become a part of the Sun. W- when is this going to happen? About five billion years. So you're not gonna, unless you're going to be here a long time from now, I'm not going to be around. I don't expect to get to see it. But, but yeah, eventually Mercury will be gone about five billion years from now. So a long, long time from now. Now, it's cooled off. Typically, cooler objects are not as bright. But it's gotten so many times larger. Remember, we've gone from a, a star that was something like this, with Mercury orbiting around it, to jumping to that size of that orbit. It's gotten a lot bigger. That's a big change in how the size of it. So even though it's cooled off a little bit, it's gotten so much bigger. That's emitting much more energy. It's going to get a lot brighter. These are a lot of the stars that we see in the night sky. A lot of the stars that we see are red giants or red supergiant stars. Just because they're so bright and we can see them over tremendous distances. The sun will eventually become one of those in about 5 billion years. So, again, a distant astronomer 5 billion years from now, looking back towards where the sun is, would be able to see a very bright star there for a time. It would be very bright for, you know, millions of, for millions of years as it lasts on, these, on this red giant phase. So the key, though, is the core is shrinking. So the core has no energy source. That very central portion just continues to collapse down and get smaller and smaller. The outer layers continue to expand out. Yes, sir? OK, so is co- if it's brighter, it's cooler? Well, it's two things are happening. Yeah. OK, it's getting cooler, which m- should make it seem fainter, right? right? but it's also getting bigger. It's gone from being this big to being this big. If you take something and make it bigger, and don't change the temperature, it's going to be a lot brighter. Right? If I just took something and made it a lot bigger, it's going to be a lot brighter, right? Okay, so we do have two effects. We're cooling it off, that's trying to make it fainter. And we're making it bigger, that's going to make it brighter. This effect wins. It's getting big enough, that it overwhelms how much fainter it would have gotten. Each, what it is, is that temperature tells you how much energy each square centimeter, you know, each little chunk of the, sun, of the surface is giving off. Now, because it got cooler, each square centimeter is now giving off less energy. Right? But it's got a lot more square centimeters. So if each of these is giving off half the energy it was, but I got ten times more of these little squares, each one's giving off half the energy, but I got ten times more, so I'm still going to be brighter. Okay. That help? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's that tremendous increase in size. So what's going to happen to it is It's moving back, kind of, to where it started. It works its way slowly. This happens. This part happens very slowly over the last little bit of the end of the star's life, as it begins to. It uses up that last little bit of helium. It'll work its way out towards the subgiant branch, and then it will. It'll proceed much quicker. As it uses up that hydrogen, the, the star will get larger and larger and larger. You know, we're getting to the orbit of Mer- out to the orbit of Mercury or so, and reach the red giant phase. So this is what's going to happen to the sun it will end up being you know, hundred times larger than it is right now, much cooler, but also many, many times 100, or about thousand times brighter. So be able to see it over much larger distances. So again, some distant astronomer billions of years from now will be able to see a very bright red giant where we used to be. Now, the core is collapsing. That core is still condensing. Remember when the gas cloud collapsed, it got hotter? Well, anything that's collapsing is going to get hotter and hotter. So eventually, the temperature will reach, goes from 15 million up to 100 million degrees as you reach 100 million degrees, you get to a hot enough temperature where not only could you fuse hydrogen, but now you can fuse helium together. You can take two helium atoms and smash them together and form a heavier element. Actually, you need to smash three helium atoms together. But, I'll tell you that in a second. But you can actually get, you got to the point where, remember, hydrogen you had to overcome. You had two positive charges coming together that wanted to push each other apart. You had to get them together fast enough to stick together. Well in helium, now you've got two positive charges on each. So twice as much charge here, twice as much charge here, four times the amount of force. It requires a lot more speed, a lot higher temperature to get them to stick together. And actually, it turns out if you try to fuse helium together, if you just smash two helium atoms together, the the product is unstable. It's an isotope of mm, beryllium that's unstable. So they form together and they break apart instantaneously. If you get to a high enough temperature, then you can actually get three helium atoms to smash together. And if you get three helium atoms to smash together, then you get carbon. Carbon's nice and stable. So if you get three heliums, you smash them together to form carbon. That's why it takes such a high temperature. It takes 100 million degrees in order to get the helium to begin to fuse and start to form carbon. So the sun will do this.
1: Yeah? Last question. No, that's fine.
0: (laughs) It's fine. When this happens, how will it affect or How will it? Affect, it'll affect them by the the brightness of the sun will have changed, and the amount of energy. It'll be putting out a lot more energy. Well, it's will not it going to. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah,
0: so we'd be gone. Down. We'd be gone. When the, we, we even before it actually vaporizes us physically, this would, would be long gone before this. Okay. It would have gotten hot enough even in the earlier stage nine. It would have been hot enough oh, that it would have wiped oh, out. Everything done for now, everything, Yeah. Right. Yeah. It would be already gone. Now. The helium occurs in a great flash explosion, and that's because this material got so, dense, so densely packed at the core that it was denser than anything you can imagine. Okay, you get to the matter at point where the material is pushed so close together that, you, know, not a dense metal, not anything dense, you know, not, not as dense, but denser, denser than anything you can possibly imagine. In fact, some of these things you can get to, you know, a tablespoon would be so many, be billions of tons. Just one tablespoon of matter. You've got everything compressed together so much. When the the helium begins to fuse, it does so in kind of a runaway, almost an explosion. And it just takes a few hours for it to again expand. So that core has collapsed so much, that core actually begins to expand under this tremendous amount of energy. And finally reaches another state of equilibrium. So what's happening there is we're kind of jumping on the HR diagram. We go up here. So hydrogen is used up here. As we work our way up, we're burning hydrogen around and we're we're heating up up the helium, heating up the helium, heating up the helium. We get up there to stage 9, that's the helium flash. All of a sudden that helium in the core starts burning extremely rapidly. Very, very quickly. And that expands the star again and it ends up down here on the horizontal branch. That's where it's going to stay. That's the most next most stable part of its life, about, what did I say, about 50 million years worth? So it'll stay there for a relatively long time compared to any of these other stages. That is when the Sun is actually nice and calmly burning helium at its core. So calmly burning helium, it's got another energy source. It's that you know Gravity thought it was winning. Guess what, gravity, you lost again. We got another source of energy. We got a source of energy holding it up a little bit and only 50 million, not 5 billion, not 10 billion years worth, but 50 million years worth, but still, gravity has to hold off a little bit longer before it can actually begin to take over again. And then, let's finish this up here, back to the giant branch. So now we've got helium fusing to carbon in the sun. The core is getting hotter and hotter, right? We're still heating up. and the helium burns faster and faster. So it doesn't become anywhere near, as, last anywhere near as long. But now you have carbon at the center so the Sun will have a big carbon core. It'll have a shell around it burning helium and a shell around that burning hydrogen. So you're starting to get a layered structure inside. Hydrogen on the outside, that's the original energy source. The helium is the next layer in and now we're down to carbon. Could you heat the carbon up to a high enough temperature? Would it eventually ignite? Yeah. Sun won't get hot enough. So the sun is out of energy sources at this point. The sun has no way to burn the carbon. It'll compress and compress, but it won't get up to a high enough temperature to actually cause it to ignite. So higher mass star will be able to do that. But now we have two shells. If we look at higher mass stars, we'll actually end up with layers. You'll end up with like an onion in here. You've got multiple layers. You'll have hydrogen and helium and you'll have carbon and oxygen. And and you'll have a whole big range of layers burning down towards the central central core. And that's at a point where it eventually will become unstable. But very similar to the condition when it went up to that red giant branch in the first time. Remember it went up, kind of peaked up where where the helium began to ignite. It's going to do the same thing again. So it's actually going to go back up again. Here's what we've looked at so far increasing, zips up there, helium ignites up. It's nice and stable for a while, but guess what? Eventually you're using up all that helium after 50 million years. Now it begins to go back up towards the giant branch again. It's getting even bigger. So at this point it might have engulfed Mercury. Now it's going to be working on engulfing Venus and the Earth as it works its way up towards what's called the asymptotic giant branch. It goes back up towards the giant branch again. So it'll become a red giant twice. Become a red giant, it'll collapse back down a little bit still be a little bit larger than it is now, but not near as big as it was as a red giant. And then it will head back up there again, becoming even larger, and actually be able to engulf the outer planets. So it's a big yeah. planet eater huh? Yeah, <laughs> yep, it'll, it'll wipe them out. It'll wipe them. it'll wipe them out. So here's the entire evolution of a star like the sun. Sort of a little schematic version there. Uh, not quite to scale, but there's the formation. Boom. Little bit there. Now we've got a star here. You know, we form the star. And if you want to do it to scale, you could probably do about, oh, I don't know, hundred or so slides of just this little section. You know, try to do it to scale. You know, how long the main sequence actually lasts. That's much, much longer than this. But, try to give you a sort of sense of it. There's the beginning phases. Big gas cloud forming into a protostar. Becoming a main sequence, finally sitting there for a long, long time. I said, just imagine about about 200 of these going through over and over and over again. And then it'll become a red giant, become a red giant once, become a red giant, a little red giant, become a bigger, even a bigger red giant at some point. Eventually, those outer layers get expelled out into space. And what's left behind is the white dwarf star. The white dwarf is just the core. It It was the sun's core. So the white dwarf is this great big lump of carbon Essentially, extremely hot, hundred million, hundreds of millions of degrees, slowly and then quickly cools off and then even more slowly afterwards is what's left behind. But a star like this will never become hot enough to fuse two carbon atoms together. Carbon has six protons. Six? I can't do six, right? I only have five fingers. So six protons and six protons, trying to smash them together. It doesn't have enough. It doesn't have enough temperature. It's never going to get hot enough to be able to do that. So a star like the sun will never be able to actually fuse uh, carbon into heavier elements. But other stars will be able to. And that's what I'll look at starting uh, tomorrow. But these are sort of the remnants as to what you can see. Stage 12 is the planetary nebula phase. These are some examples. That's why I said I couldn't promise you that one I showed you at the beginning was what the sun might look like. Maybe it'll look something like this, maybe like this, maybe like that, maybe like this. <coughs> Excuse me. But it all has to do with the the exact nature of how the the Sun happens to uh, expand at the end of its life. But it will become something like this. It will become a planetary nebula. Eventually what it means is just those layers, those outer layers, have become so big. It's gotten to be the size of the Earth to the size of Mars' orbit. The gravity just isn't there. And you get some instabilities and they get pushed off. And they get pushed off with the escape velocity. And they actually escape out into space. And that's what's happened here. You can imagine these. That at one point, condensed this down, that was the atmosphere of the star. Now they've just been pushed out into space and they're being excited by that, the energy of that white dwarf at the center. And what we have left is two parts. We've got a dense core, all carbon, uh, no energy production left at all. And we have an envelope that's the size of the solar system. So those outer layers will actually get pushed out through the solar system. So now do the inner planets get up? That's probably not going to be good for the outer planets as well. So it's not like we can just go out to the outer planets and you know survive this when this happens. It's going to be, you know, probably going to heat those up as well, and the temperatures will have changed significantly. That envelope is what we call a planetary nebula. Planetary, because it probably looks like a planetary system through a small telescope, or it might look like even a planet through a small enough telescope. But Nothing to do with planets themselves. But that's an example of a planetary nebula. And that is the end state of something like our sun. It will be split into two parts. Extremely hot, very dense core of carbon that cannot fuse. We don't have enough mass there to be able to fuse that. And a gigantic envelope, primarily of hydrogen and helium. And am I? And there's the last stages as we work towards this. Uh, white dwarf stage. It becomes a planetary nebula, that's stage 12. Eventually that nebula just continues to expand out into space and dissipates. And that core will slowly cool off. It'll end up down here. There it is. And all it's going to do is slowly, slowly cool off over time. It's very tiny. It's about the size of the Earth. Although most of the mass is still there. The Sun lost all that material. But it kept most of its mass. It lost its very outer layers which are not very dense. Most of the matter is still left there in the sun in this white dwarf core. And all it's going to do is slowly cool off uh, its temperature. But that will take hundreds of billions of years for it to actually end up as a black dwarf star. So, extremely hot. The nebula is then gone. The core is just going to continue to cool off. It has no energy source. only bright because it has such an incredibly high temperature. And am I? Where am I? I think these are the last couple. Let me just show you a couple images of these. Then I'm going to stop here. And I want to do the high mass stars uh, tomorrow. But this is an example of one white dwarf star, Sirius, the dog star. Right? And, uh, see that just to the left of Orion in the winter sky? You can see the one star. But if you actually look at it through a telescope, there's actually it has a small companion, which is a white dwarf star. So at some point, Sirius was actually a major double star system, um, you know, hundreds of or millions of many millions of years ago. And there might have been two stars. There might have been two stars there. There might have been another, bigger, another big bright star that actually went through its life before. And then finally, uh, looking at the glo- centers of the globular clusters, we can actually see a lot of these white dwarf stars. Um, all sorts of these little hot blue objects. We're looking at this little tiny little square here of this part of it. All these very hot objects are would be white dwarf stars that are in the process of cooling, of cooling off. Let me see. Am I really right? Oops. I thought I was to the end of this. Goodness. Okay, I'm not doing that one. That's the end. I'm gonna end right here. <laughs> I thought I was closer to the end of this. I forgot about the Novi we have to talk about, but I'm not gonna try to get into those now. But really the white dwarf cools, nothing else changes. It's just it's going to cool off, become a black dwarf star. And it'll sit there and sit there and sit there. Unless it happens to be in a binary system. Then other interesting things can happen, which are something that I'll talk about tomorrow before I go on to talk about the more massive stars and how their, how their lives go. So, Questions, questions, more questions? Good questions, thank you. Nope.